Thank you, music team. I appreciate your ministry. Children's worship is um, uh, dismissed at this time. If you have uh, uh, the opportunity for our kindergarten through our three-year-olds through kindergarten, Miss Jamie Mangus will meet you back there. If your parents allow for that, you can meet back there for your time of worship. So during my devotions one morning, a few months ago, the theme of God's mercy was the concept. It was the, His mercy, as in withholding, withholding deserved punishment. Uh, and, and that was uh, the, the, the theme of my devotions for that morning. And in those uh, devotions, I remember feeling uh, the particularly, particularly heavy weight or dread of what if. What if God were to withhold His mercy from me? What if God were to say, I, I, I don't want to extend mercy to Daryl anymore? Uh, uh, what, what, what would happen? And I remember um, actually physically exhaling um, a sigh of, a, of relief of, of knowing that God does not do that. He does not change His mind. He is not that kind of God. And ex- uh, exhaling that uh, relief, I remember that specifically. And knowing that He does way more, way more than I could ever rightfully ask, offer mercy to me. And then, Micmac, here's a, here's a, uh, a dad joke. And then it was like the Frisbee that kept coming closer and closer, and I wondered why, and then it hit me. Sometimes if you just stay in the way, if you don't get out of the way of truths of God, it, they'll hit you. And, and it hit me that morning that this truth about God's mercy ought to be the main motivation for meeting with Him on a daily basis. It ought to be the main motivation, knowing, uh, uh, you know, having your devotions, having your quiet time, having your personal worship, whatever you call it, that ought to be the main motivation that realize that we have, um, we have the, uh, uh, the privilege of God withholding deserved punishment for our sins. And He extends that mercy to us. Now here's a word of clarification. God Himself and the desire to know Him ought to be, uh, uh, to know His heart ought to be the the reason I meet with Him daily. Knowing God ought to be the reason I meet with Him daily. Yet, Yet the mercy that He extends to us ought to be the motivation to keep on meeting with Him. God's mercy is the factor that spurs the willingness, the willingness to want to, to come to know Him better and to meet with Him on a daily basis. And right then and there, with all that, in, that, that encompasses, right then and there, I decided that this ought to be something that I ought to bring to this congregation when I was asked to fill in and preach for Pastor Wood again. So right then and there, I decided to look for verses of, of Scripture that I could use to share with you. And so here we are. And I found one. I found one in the book of Lamentations, which is really, really ironic. Because the book of Lamentations is a series of poetic laments telling of the desolation of Judah after the fall of Jerusalem. And, and the name Lamentations means passionate expression of grief and sorrow. And in the midst of this book, 
Uh, by the way, the grief and the sorrow of God um, coming after the Israelites for their sins against Him. Coming after them, not just to punish, but to call them back to Himself. And that grief and sorrow that was there. So I picked four, five verses from the book of these laments uh, that I want to use this morning to encourage you to live joyfully in celebration about the mercy of God. The incredible, bottomless Loving kindness of God. Loving kindness that guarantees me a spot in the heaven that he created for his people. Another word of intro. And by the way, those of you who are sermon timers, it's not fair to start it yet. This is still intro. Another word of intro. Lamentations of Jeremiah. Some Bibles call it the Lamentations of Jeremiah because uh, uh, many... Someone's going to say other scholars. <laughs> That's not me. Many scholars, not other scholars. Uh, last week I played, uh, I played um, scientific trivia with my family. They know I'm not a scholar after that. But uh, many scholars will say that it was Jeremiah who wrote the book of Lamentations. It was Jeremiah. Anybody know Jeremiah's nickname? He is called the weeping prophet, weeping prophet. A lot of times we think he's the weeping prophet because of how badly Israel treated him when he was called to go to them and tell them to come back to him. These uh, stubborn and, and um, uh, strong-willed people who were disobedient to God. Many people think he might have been the weeping prophet because of how terrible they treated him. But actually, he was the weeping prophet because of his, his love for the people, his love for the Israelites, that he wanted them to come back. He's called the weeping prophet, and they didn't treat him very well at all. In fact, in Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 20, starting at, verse, starting at verse 7, he writes this. O Lord, you have deceived me and I was deceived, or convinced me, or pulled me in, is a better way of looking at that. You have, uh, you have overcome, me, overcome me and prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all day long. Everyone mocks me. For each time I speak, I cry aloud. I proclaim violence and destruction because of me. The word of the Lord has resulted in reproach and derision all day long. He sounds like a fun guy to hang around. Poor Jeremiah. This was uh, his, uh, um, his calling. And it, it is said that some, some think that it was Jeremiah who wrote about God's love and compassion and loving kindness right in the middle of this book of laments uh, that he had. So the directive for this morning is, I will hope in God alone. I will hope in God alone. That's our directive for this morning. Let's read Lamentation 3.21. If we read that, we read this. This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. What is it that Jeremiah, or the author of Lamentations, is calling to mind that he would have hope in the middle of this book of laments? Well, that's recorded in verses 22 and 25, and we'll read those together, and we'll see what we can read from God's words in that. First, let's pray. We do, our Father, ask that the message would come from you and we would hear you. You know the speaker, and we ask that you would push me aside so that we would hear your Holy Spirit as we hear your word using the things that you taught me and led me. But at the same time, Lord, you know my notes. Would you take out of uh, these notes what shouldn't be there and put in what should? We ask that you'll speak through Jamie Mangus as she 
leads the children's worship and teaching and learning about you and how to worship. We ask that you'll minister to Jamie Bailey as she's in the the nursery and we ask that that would be a a good time of children understanding the love that they can have here at Providence Presbyterian Church. And again, Lord, that we would know you in Jesus' name. Amen. Revelation, I'm sorry, uh, Lamentations, uh, verse 21 of chapter 3 through 25. This I recall to mind. Therefore, I have hope. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. What is it that Jeremiah is recalling? What is it that he's recalling to mind? And to recall here in the Hebrew means to to keep recalling, to keep that coming back, to keep going back to God and recalling the good things. And that's why uh, Jeremiah, or the prophet, uh, I'm sorry, the, the one who wrote Lamentations, would be able to keep recalling these things and be able to go to the loving kindnesses of God despite being in the destruction that Israel was facing. Time with God and reminders of spiritual matters must be continual process throughout the entirety of the Christian life. Let me say that again. Time with God and reminders of spiritual matters must be a continual process throughout the entirety of a Christian's life. Is it possible that Jeremiah read the train from our pastor? Maybe that's what it is. That's why he could go back. He read the book, The Train, uh, that our, our pastor, Dr. Wood, wrote. So that he knew, to, despite the tone of the book of Laments, the author willed himself, he kind of willed himself to remind himself of the factors that he can have hope and he can live in hope. Christian, we need to follow that example and that's what we're going to be looking at. First, hope. Hope is to foresee or to envision something down at the horizon that you're hoping for. Hope is uh, believing confidence, a patient expectation uh, is hope. Uh, And I guess our slides are not coming up. Oh, it's the next one. Okay, sorry about that. That's that's fine. Uh, That's what a, a, a hope is. And in Lamentations 3, 22 through 25, gives us the factors that we can uh, have concerning God in whom we have hope. First, I live in hope because I believe God's loving kindnesses never cease. I must believe that God's loving kindnesses never cease. Loving kindnesses is a good Bible word. It is from the Hebrew word chesed, chesed. Uh, and, and, and remember, the last time I preached, I took some theological notes from VeggieTales. Remember that? Remember that? We had veggie tales. And, and, and I remember talking to you about God being bigger than the boogeyman. Our students are here. Is that true? Is God bigger than the boogeyman? Yes, yes he's bigger than the boogeyman. But it's not quite as accurate as saying that God is more vast than the boogeyman. Uh, for those of you in live stream are hearing our students tell us that God is more vast than the boogeyman. That's more accurate. And this word loving kindness 
uh, is, is, is more vast than just the mercies. See, I started looking for scriptures that would tell us about the mercies of God. And then I started coming to this Bible word here, loving kindness. Loving kindnesses are more vast than the synonym hasid or hased. It is God's mercy, yes, but it's also God's forgiveness. It's God's grace. It's God's uh, beloved uh, uh, taking care of us. It's His sustaining power. It's God adopting us into His family. It's God providing for us, protecting us, guiding us, and giving us forbearance. It is God. It is all, every aspect of God's love. So when we read about uh, the Lord's loving kindnesses never cease, we're remembering that every aspect of God's love never cease for us. It's more vast. That's why we read loving kindnesses. Therefore, I will hope in God's ceaseless chesed. From now on, I'll use the term loving kindness because if you say it like you, you should say it in the Hebrew, some of you are closer and I'm not sure what could come out. You might be in the splash zone up here in the front and I know that's gross. You didn't even have said that. But that, uh, we're going to look at God's ceaseless loving kindnesses that will never, listen, never be pulled away from you. I praise God that He chose to choose me. He chose to choose me to choose Him. Not because of me, but because of His loving kindnesses. Continually reminding myself of this is willing myself to believe it furnishes my life with godly hope and the desire to worship Him. Why do God's loving kindnesses cease? Now, or never cease? Why do God's loving kindnesses never cease? Look at the rest of the verse. For, or because, because His compassions never fail. They never fail. I can, or better, I must live in hope because God's compassions never fail. In John 10, Jesus tells us that He's got us in His hand. When we come to know Jesus Christ as our Savior, he's got, his, he's got us in His hand. He's got us wrapped around. And He says, but even more, my Father, who is more powerful than me, He has you in His hand as well. And He will never, nobody can snatch you out of His hand. No one. As the Father and the Son work in tandem in that, so does the Father and the Son work in, in tandem in their compassions for us. There's compassions that never fail. Here in Lamentations we read, His compassions never fail. In the Gospels, the same comparison, the same compassion Jesus had for the huge crowd that uh, recorded in all four of the Gospels, by the way. If it's recorded in all four of the Gospels, it must be pretty important. All four of the Gospels where Jesus fed the 5,000 with a small boy, small lunch. And the reason He did is, in the Word we read, seeing the multitude... That they were like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus had compassion on them. I assume you were able to meet, meet, uh, eat. I assume you were able to eat meals last week. Because of God's compassion. I assume that your meals did not include dry bread and smoked fish last week. Because of God's com compassion. I, I assume that God took care of you and was with you. No doubt uh, that God's compassion, God meaning He is mindful of you. That's what compassion means. He is mindful of you. Jesus was mindful <clears throat> of the needs of those around Him. 
and he had compassion on them. These are always present today. God's loving kindnesses and compassion. In Jeremiah's case, as bleak as the situation was uh, during that time of uh, Israel's fall, God's compassion was there. And Jeremiah saw those and he said they never fail. God keeping his end of the covenant is being compassionately mindful of you. By the authority of God's word, I tell you, fellow Christian, God is always mercifully good to you. He is always mercifully mindful of you. A promise that holds true even when there are problems on earth. And there's problems and there's trials and there's harassments that we go through on this earth. Often in our finite and, and, and most times selfish definition of good, as we heard uh, Chris Mangus say when he was praying, sometimes our, our, our definition of good needs to change because God's compassions are always there. I have a question for you. Congregation, I have a question for you. Is just being able to take in oxygen, even if it's through a tube that's attached to a tank, is just being able to take in oxygen God's loving kindness? Is just having my heart be able to keep beating, my next heart, or my last heartbeat, is, even if it's a little faster than it ought to be, like our pastors from time to time, isn't that God's compassion? Or seriously, am I being too cold when I would say that? Is, is that too coldly logical that that is a, a, a part of God's compassion, His, His loving kindness? In Malachi 3.6, Malachi 3.6, we read this. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O sons of Jacob, the Israelites, you are not consumed. Even not being consumed, even not being eliminated, annihilated, even that is God's compassion. Is God's loving kindness for us. So when we think that he goes much further than that, he is a God of loving kindness. And his compassions never fail. To fail means to sink, to drop, to, to let go, uh, to faint in adversity. Does any of that sound like our God of compassion? Does any of that sound like our God of loving kindness? Does any of that sound like a God you would want to follow? Does any of that sound like a God uh, we, uh, 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 that we would want to serve? Therefore, if you believe that God's compassions never fail, then there's absolutely no reason to live in continued sorrow over your situations and your hardships. There really isn't. When we do, it's sometimes our definition of good, as Chris prayed, our definition of good needs to change. And we need to refresh our mind with the truth that God has decided once for all to love you and have compassion on you. He will not fail to fulfill his decision to, to, to lead you to eternity. In fact, it is because of him that you even have the hope of an eternity. Those are his compassions. And keep asking God, listen, keep asking God to defeat the sin of doubt, fear, uh, about God's love for you. Doubt and fear uh, of about God's love for you. 
especially when you face various trials and hardships. Remember, Christian, it is by God's loving kindness that you were bought at a price. That's what we read in 1 Corinthians 6.20. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says that you were bought at a price. You were bought at a price. The the price of Jesus' own blood was paid for you. A price way too high for Jesus to to let you live in doubt of your salvation or guilt over sins that you keep bringing back and that the sins that He's paid for. Our unchangeable God will not change His mind about loving you forever. Look again at verse 3. I'm sorry, verse 23. If I live in hope because of God's loving kindnesses and compassions, uh, those loving kindnesses and compassions are what? They are new. How often? Every day. Every morning. God gives His children loving kindnesses for each day. Christian, are you looking for them? Are you looking for loving kindnesses? His loving kindnesses. Are you looking for them? It's hard. I know it's hard in the midst of trials and troubles and, 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 and all the things. we. But are you looking for them? Verse 23 says they are new every morning. And it describes how I felt that morning when I was encouraged to just look for God's, the, I don't, I don't want to say mere mercies, but looking for His mercies and later find out that it was more vastly what I should have been looking for is His loving kindnesses. Every day, make sure you're meeting with them. Contemplate. The loving kindnesses that God shows you in His Word every day. If you are a person who's having troubles getting into God's Word on a daily basis, and one week you do so for two days, and that's more than you've done before, that's good. It's good. And keep doing that. And you'll start to see his loving kindnesses and it'll feed that desire to want to keep looking for those loving kindnesses and, and, uh, and you'll find those. I, I encourage you, if you're not sure where to start, Google the word uh, grace and God's word. Google the word loving kindnesses in the Bible. Go, find those things. And once you find those words, you'll look for more and more and you'll grow in knowing his loving kindnesses. In Lamentations 3.23, we see that contemplating God's loving kindnesses is the catalyst that moves us from talking about God to talking to God to talking to God in worship because the never-ending loving kindnesses He extends to us. This often happens when we have our quiet time with God. Since God's loving kindnesses never cease and His compassions never fail, the author is moved to praise God in worship concerning the greatness of God's faithfulness. His own, to His own. And the author worships God and declares how, how faithful God you are. And that's point three. I live in hope because... God's faithfulness is great. God's faithfulness is great. And some of you are saying, well, I see that in God's Word. How's this a sermon? What are you doing? You're only telling us what God's Word says. Oh, now I get it. (laughs) And as we continually seek Him and His loving kindnesses, He continually reveals new ways of showing His loving kindness to us as individuals. Praise God that He is a God who comes to you individually. And He can do that with all of us. You'll never never outdo Him. 
Often, though, we fall into thinking that God's kindnesses, His goodness, uh, should be revealed in making my life easier and less cumbersome. I, w- I would enjoy seeing God's loving kindnesses, Daryl, but I enjoy them in, in miraculous healings or, or in peace and comforts and obtaining retirement goals or in miraculously restored relationships I, I, and, and my important plans coming to realization. I, I enjoy seeing His loving kindnesses in, in happiness and prosperity and the like. As if, as if these things are the ways that God show His faithfulness. I encourage you, to get something to write on right now. As I see in the clock on the wall that we're going to have to keep on moving. So we can't cover these verses, but uh, other than to have you write them down. Go ahead, write them down in your bulletin. Use them, uh, use this for something you can look up. It's particularly those of you who struggle with having uh, a time of worship or a time of uh, getting together with God. We've already looked at Malachi 3.6. It's God's unchanging love and he will not allow us to be consumed. That's God's loving kindness. In 1 Peter 4, 12-13, don't worry about these fiery trials that you go through, these testings, they're according to what God wants in your life. And according to 2 Corinthians 4, 17, they are light and momentary. How are they light and momentary? It's some of the things that I'm going through. How do you know, Daryl? You don't know what I'm going through, but I do know God's Word tells me that all the fiery trials we go through, all of us are light and momentary compared to eternity compared to his loving kindnesses for eternity. In John eleven twenty five to 26, Jesus says that even though you die on this earth, you will never die. You will not taste the second death, those of you who I've called to me. In 1 Peter 5, 10, listen to this. 1 Peter 5, 10, we read, after you have suffered for a little while, we're all suffering, right? We're on this earth. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace a part of God's loving kindnesses, a God of all grace who called you to His eternal glory in Christ will Himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Aren't you looking forward to that time when we're perfected, confirmed, established in our Lord Jesus Christ? He promises to do so. In 2 Corinthians 4.14, He promises that we will be raised to be with Jesus. That's God's loving kindnesses. And I told my students from our Sunday school class today, look for this passage of Scripture in Revelation. Revelation chapter, uh, chapter 3 and verse 5. He who overcomes, that's us, who keep on keeping on, keep on trusting His loving kindnesses, He who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments, and I will not erase His name from the book of life, and I will confess His name before my Father and before His angels. Can you imagine when Jesus gives you something? Students, I told you, look for, uh, in Revelation, I said that God's going to give you something. Jesus Himself is going to give you something. And what's He going to give us? White garments. He's going to give us purity. He's going to name us 100% pure. And then he's going to make sure our names are not blotted out from the, the book of life. And then he's going to say, Father, look, he's going to confess your name before his father. And he's going to say, hey, angels, here he is. Here she is. God's loving kindness. Go ahead and look up some of those verses uh, for your quiet time if, you're, if you uh, want to enhance the one you're already having or your devotional period. But hope of this fulfillment of Jesus dressing me in impurity when the Lord Himself is my portion. When the Lord Himself is my portion. Look at verse 24 in our scripture. I live in hope because God is my portion. I live in hope because God is my portion. 
I look at verse 24. As a command for us to preach little mini-sermons to ourselves. Preach these sermons to yourself. The author writes how considering the loving kindness of God prompted his soul to say to himself. His soul, deep down in, his soul told himself, God is your portion. The Lord of the loving kindness is your portion. And then he says, he has, a, he has hope in God. Christian, are you continually reminding yourself of the truths of God? The word portion here means my part of the inheritance. The Lord Himself is, is my part of the inheritance of being accepted and being adopted into His family. Being accepted only because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. The pri- priestly tribe of Levi in uh, Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy 10.9, the priestly tribe of Levi was, um, was not given a section or a parcel of land. Rather, they were told that Levi does not have a portion or an inheritance with his brothers, but the Lord is his inheritance, the Levites, just as the Lord your God has spoke to him. That's what we have. We are called to be priests of our Lord, <clears throat> and he calls us to know that he is our portion. And there's scriptures in the New Testament that tell us that our Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and you can write these down and look them up later. They're here in uh, Ephesians and in 2 Corinthians, both of them telling us that it is the Lord Himself, the Holy Spirit Himself, who is a deposit within ourselves. He's living within you and He's guaranteeing you uh, this this, uh, fulfillment of the loving kindnesses of God. Remembering that Jesus said in one of his sermons, and you want to hear a good sermon? Here's another devotional idea for your own personal devotions if, you, if you're looking for other ways to, to seek God's loving kindnesses. Read the sermons from Jesus in the New Testament. In one of his sermons in Matthew 6.33, he said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all those other things in that time he was talking about uh, food and clothing all those other things will be given to you as well but he was saying i am your portion all that comes with me they will come with me too but i seek me as your portion since god alone is my portion my only portion of value and not anything or anyone else not even the things he gives me then i have hope in him verse 24 did you see what it says the author recalled the truths about God's loving kindnesses in the beginning of the, the passages of Scripture that we were looking for. And therefore, he said, I have hope. I have hope. But then three verses later, he reminds himself that his hope, uh, of his hope, and then he adds, in him. He adds, in him. So sub-point A under point three is, I must have hope in where? In God. In God alone. In Psalm 103, 8-14, and uh, Pastor and I did not talk about this, but he's the one that picks out, uh, and I believe he's the one that picked out the, the, um, uh, the call to worship where we read it together. And then the rest of that passage of Scripture in uh, Psalms, Psalm 103, verses 8 through 14, I'll read it from the screens. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. 
He will not always strive with us, nor will He keep His anger forever, praise Him. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His loving kindness toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, and as far as as He has removed our transgressions from us. Here, we see how God alone is our portion. How? He is compassionate. He is gracious. He is slow to anger. He is abounding in loving kindness. He is so merciful to me. He has removed my transgressions from me. He has compassionately been mindful of me and remembering that I am merely dust. He is my portion. Hear this, folks. Listen to this. If in any way I have intimated that God's loving kindness is without limits, if in any way I have intimated that God's loving kindness is without limits, then all the elders and the deacons have a right to stand up and call me out on it right now. Wouldn't that be awkward? Because there is a hell, isn't there? So His loving kindnesses are not limitless until... What? Until He calls us to Himself and we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. And in Jesus, then, then, our, our, our hope is that our God, our hope, not our wish, but our patient expectation is that our God is uh, limitless in His loving kindness for us. God, in His loving kindness, forewarns us about a hell. And He does so to call us to Himself. He does so to call us to Himself. And when He calls us to Himself, then we know that He will have His loving kindness for us, with us forever. I asked the students this, and my students, I think you're in here, uh, in our Sunday school class, that could it be that we found, we found a discrepancy in the Scriptures? Could it be? Because in, in Psalm 711, Psalm 711, I'll turn to that. Psalm 7:11. And we were asking, is this, is this something that's different? Is, are we seeing something here that telling us that uh, we're, we're, not be, we're, we're going up the uh, wrong path here? Psalm 7:11 says about God, God is a righteous judge and a God who has indignation every day. Or He is a righteous God who displays His wrath every day. But, what did we read in our Scripture reading? That His mercies are new every day. Students, is, is, did we find a problem in God's Word? No, we didn't. Why didn't we find a problem in God's Word? Because what do we know about this A student? For those of a live stream, a student said, no, we didn't find a discrepancy in God's Word. Because we know that if we read Psalm 7, Psalm 7 and verse 9, we have an answer there. In Psalm 7 and verse 9, I had these saved in my dry fingers. In Psalm 7 verse 9, Oh, let the evil of the wicked come to an end. But, God says, establish 
the righteousness. To establish the righteous of God. Uh, and, and, and God who tries the hearts of men. In other words, yes, His his wrath is, is displayed every day. His wrath is, 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 is uh, there. But because He calls the righteous to Himself, He calls them to experience uh, the, the righteousness of Him and the loving kindness of Him. After believing Jesus Christ as our Savior. If you're here this morning or you're within my voice and you hear these words and for the first time you understand that you really realize that you have the forgiveness of sins necessary to have eternal life, then I say to you, today is the day of salvation. Today is your day of salvation. Accept this forgiveness of sins. Accept this belief and accept that Jesus Christ has paid for your sins. For all you who are followers of Christ, all of you, we read, for I handed down to you as of first importance... In 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4. As of first importance, what I also received from Christ. That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And that He was buried and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. For all who are followers of Christ, God is still good according to the Scriptures. And that's why we can read in our Scripture reading uh, in Lamentations, verse 25. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the person who seeks Him. And that's why I've been talking about our own personal worship and about getting alone with God. Because He is good to those who do that. In Revelation 21, 2 through 4. What do we read in Revelation 21, 2 through 4? And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and He will dwell among them, and they shall be His people. And God Himself will be among them. And what will He do? The hope of all of us? He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There will be no more no more longing, or no more death. There will be no more uh, mourning. There will be no more crying or pain for the per- first things have passed away. And these are all promises to us. And we win because of God's loving kindnesses. In closing, some of you say, but Daryl, wait a minute. How is God good and faithful when we have such terrible times in life? When we have tr- such troubles? How is God's loving kindnesses a gift to me or Or, for some of you, what do I say to people who say, how is there a God in these things when I'm going through these bad things? How is there a a God of loving kindness when I'm going through these tough times in my life? Children, what are the bad things that we have in the world today? They They are normal, I heard a student say for those in live stream. The things that we go through, the tough times we go through, is normal. That's right, Jolene. They are normal in an abnormal world. Made abnormal by, students, sin. Sin from our very first parents. Sarah Ivill, in her article, God's Mercy in Difficult Times, She says, God's mercy is difficult to see in the midst of hardship. However, if we look for it, we will, by God's grace, see it. How will we see it? 
we read in our scripture reading that God is, that God is, is, uh, I must, I must have hope in God. And I believe God is, what? I believe that God is, I must believe that God is good when I seek Him. And I must believe that God is good when uh, when I seek Him and when I wait for Him. Uh, Our last points. Students, I want to thank you for helping me this morning. Well done. Good job. If you want to be involved in a fun ministry where you grow and you enjoy discipling, talk to me. I'd love to tell you more about children's ministry. But remember in closing, remember in the beginning when I started uh, talking about feeling the dread of getting mercy from God? Remember that? It was only about eight minutes ago. Um, according to my watch, it was about eight minutes. I got on about uh, ten minutes after that mole right there. That doesn't look good. Think it's something I should worry about? No, the answer is no. Not because of what we just talked about in God's loving kindness. Maybe be concerned, maybe get a check, but in in this world, with God's loving kindness, based on what we've just discovered, we we have no reason to worry, no reason to fear, no reason... Don't let these enemies of the Christian life get into your life. Because, why? Because, our last slide, because... God's loving kindnesses never cease. They never fail. Because I believe that God's faithfulness is great. It's beyond what I can know. And and it is He Himself who is our portion, our inheritance. Let's pray. We thank You again, our Father, for talking with us. And we thank You that You are so good and kind. And that Your loving kindness encompasses this way more vast than just mercy, though that is enough. Just grace, though that is enough. Just the way You take care of us, though that is enough. But Your loving kindnesses go beyond all those things. Lord, would You help us as students of Your Word to keep looking for Your loving kindnesses. In Jesus' name, Amen.